We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm your host, Nick Faye. No Jack Manuel again, but we got a special guest today, Corey Waldron, my co-host on the NBA outlet, as well as the host of Full Access Hoops. What's up, Corey? How are we doing? I'm buzzing for the first time. <laughs> yes, well. you're buzzing. Also, Corey's Central Division lead for OTG Basketball, so obviously he's familiar with the Bucks in that division. We're going to talk a little bit Bucks, talk about the Hornets game, also get Corey's perspective on the Nets. As always, check out the Buzz, iTunes, Block Talk Radio, OTGBasketball.com, NetsRepublic.com, Dash Radio, and YouTube. But let's get right into the game today. You know, big defeat. Bucks came out on top, 129-115. Nets were shorthanded. You know, no D'Angelo Russell, no Ed Davis, both resting. You know, Alan Crabb, Trevion Graham, and Karis LeVert all still out. And Rondé also got injured in the first couple minutes of the game. Nets showed some heart. But what were your thoughts about this one, Corey? Um, I mean, realistically, missing as many guys as the Nets missed tonight, you knew they were already playing under man. Um, and the Bucks came out, I thought, a little bit slow at first. And then the Nets hit their first two threes from Dinwiddie and Harris. Um, then the Nets got a little bit careless, I felt, in that first half in particular. The Bucks didn't necessarily capitalize on it, but the Bucks got so hot from three. You know, Brooke Lopez, I think, had five five threes in the first half. Um, and Anthony Kumpo, he's pretty much on all night. Chris Middleton as well. Um, the one thing that the Nets did really well, I thought, throughout the game was get to the line. They just didn't capitalize on some of those free throws. I know if they had, they were, what, what were they, 24 35. 24-35. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously you hit those those free throws. This is uh, only a four-point game. At one point in time, they probably could have even had um, maybe the lead if they had hit some of these free throws. 
Yeah, definitely. And free, you know, shooting 68% from the free throw line is not great. And like you mentioned, the Bucks were just scorching 21 threes out of 51, 41% from deep, just a big time game. Even Giannis Antetokounmpo hit two threes, you know, it's just probably the first time that's happened all season. You mentioned Brooke Lopez. He was definitely looking for revenge in seven threes, 24 points, super efficient. You know, a lot of guys just played really well for the Bucks. Chris Middleton, 11 to 15 at points. It just felt like he didn't miss. And a lot of those shots were contested as well. So, I mean, you just give the Bucks props. And like you said, the Nets going to this game, underhand uh shorthanded you know definitely tired as well they've also played the most games in the nba up to this point as well as it feels like they played like nine back-to-backs and this is their third game in four nights coming off a game where they played 22 hours ago in charlotte yeah i mean that's the the crazy i saw that jared dubbed the tweet uh prior to the game having to play a game that quick turnaround um this <laughs> he's made a good point you know that's what they're trying to eliminate and that's really rough especially when you're missing key guys like d'lo yeah, exactly. And I felt like this was a game that D'Angelo probably would have done really well because Lopez usually tends to like sink back on pick and roll defense. He, you know, you would be able to capitalize in that mid-range game. But like you said, resting wise, it's extremely tough, especially if you've played the most games in the season, you know, three games and four nights and you're traveling from North Carolina to Milwaukee. It's not like it's a short travel, you know, something like uh, Boston and New York or something like that. Yeah, exactly. It's It's definitely not a cakewalk. Who did you think uh, played well for the Nets tonight? Obviously, Shabazz, Kenneth Reed showed up. What did you think of those two? Uh, Shabazz is – I mean, Kenneth Reed was great to see because um, I actually – one of the first possessions, I think it was the second half, um, he didn't close out quick enough on a Brook Lopez three from the top, and I thought – I didn't like the effort from there, but then he played, I thought, phenomenal following that uh, slow closeout. Um, in 27 minutes, you know, he had 21 and 10, and then Shabazz – uh, he stuck out the most. I mean, he came off the bench in the first half, and it kind of looked like he had that feeling. Um, and, of course, he had 32.7 assists. He was a huge part of that big run they went on in the fourth quarter. Yeah, Shabazz was awesome. You know, obviously, defensively is his issue, and they played the zone tonight, so that really helped him kind of hit him. And offensively, like you said, he just cooked 9 of 15 from the field. Also, I love the fact he had 12 free throw attempts. He just looked very confident out there. He also had a pretty solid night last night in Charlotte in 11 minutes, so big props to Shabazz. It'll be interesting to see what happens when D'Lo is healthy, if he gets back in the rotation or a team calls calling about him. Yeah, and I really like that guy, uh, Pinson. This was his yeah. two-way contract, Theo Pinson. Yeah, he played really well, I thought. I liked his aggression. He had some nice ball movement as well in the fourth quarter, making the extra pass. Um, and I thought he was pretty aggressive. You know, his, he got his first NBA bucket. He had, I guess, his first points from the free throw line. But he got his first bucket tonight, so that was cool to see. Yeah, Theo definitely, you know, there's been some real promise. He's coming off a triple-double last night in the G League. So uh, Nets fans have been excited about him. He looks like he could be a solid role player for the team, just needs a little bit more development. But I will say, going back to Fareed, Probably, you know, more impressive performance than I expected from him. Like you said, early on, he wasn't necessarily great. Missed a couple closeouts. Also had a couple issues rebounding communication-wise. But there, from there on out, he was great rolling to the rim. He definitely brought something different to the offense. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's actually funny because I had, like, the thought in the first half where I was like, man, this could be one of his last destinations. And then in the second half, he made me eat my words. I thought, all right, there's probably a role for free somewhere in the NBA um, if he plays like this because he had a lot of effort, a lot of hustle. Yeah, and that's something you really want to see, and that's how he's going to earn minutes on the court. He's only This is, I think, his 10th game of the season, obviously mostly playing garbage minutes. This was his free, first real chance to have an impact on the game. Also thought Joe Harris wasn't bad, only 21 minutes, but 15 points, 5-8, 4-5 from three. You know, Joe's consistent all season long. Anything else yeah, on Joe, the positive front, Corey? Um, no, I wanted to just say Joe Harris, too. Um, I thought he was really aggressive early. Um, he just didn't get a lot of run time in the second half. 
Yeah, I think they Kenny just wanted to roll with that second unit because they were just kind of clicking. You know, another rough game for Spencer Dinwiddie. It looks like fatigue's kind of catching up to him a little bit. He'll definitely benefit from the three-day rest coming up. Jared Allen, we got to talk about him real quick. He didn't necessarily have an amazing game, but he was able to block Giannis Antetokounmpo at the rim, you know, adding to his list Giannis, LeBron James, and Blake Griffin. Yeah, I mean, incredible. Uh, he's got some big-name blocks. They face Anthony Davis, right, next year. Yes, some, um, January 2nd. All right, so they had another chance right there to add to that list. Uh, but he's he's becoming a, a top, maybe even a top five rim protector in the NBA. He's fantastic around the rim, has no fear when superstars are coming down on him. Um, he's been impressed, but I actually wish I got to see more of him tonight. Yeah, it definitely would have been interesting to see what he could have done if he was out there a little bit. But like I said, I think you just want to roll with that second unit because of the energy they were bringing out there. Any other thoughts on the Bucks and Nets game? Um, I thought Jared Dudley played – plays like a, a solid veteran role. I mean, he takes he takes a lot of – I mean, he only took five shots. I feel like he shot a lot more than that. Um, I don't know. He, he seems like every single middle-aged man I've ever played basketball <laughs> with. Um, just yeah, fundamentally I, sound out there. He just doesn't really doesn't do anything flashy, but, you know, not a great scoring game from him. He's shooting a little bit better in previous games, but he just does some of the small things that you really like out of your veterans. You know, less minutes, he probably would have been better, but in this situation, it was fine. He played that much. Yeah. But uh, moving on from the Bucks and Nets, going over to last night's loss, it feels like the first time the Nets have lost back-to-back games, I think, since the first week of uh, December. So it's a good feeling for a Nets fan that they haven't had to feel this often. But uh, they lost a home-and-home to the Hornets after the OT win, 87-100. No, not a great start in this one. The first quarter was pretty bad, and that pretty much hurt the team. What did you think about this one, Corey? Um, just watching the condensed-down version uh... – D'Lo looked like he had it going. He shot 50% from the field. That's always promising when you get that little point guard battle in which they have between D'Lo and Tony Parker. Uh, not Tony Parker, Kemba Walker. Tony Parker came Yeah, up. Tony Parker he played like he was back five team. years ago. Yeah, 9 for 14 from the field. Um, he was the closer for the Hornets last, yeah, last night. Yeah, last yeah, night. Last night. Um, yeah, it just it did look the Nets were a little bit flat. Uh, Dinwiddie is what hurt them last night, just looking at the box score. Yeah, it was definitely – it's been two rough games for Dinwiddie after an amazing stretch where he was averaging over 20, close to 50% and 40% from three. So he's kind of cooling off a little bit. Damari Carroll had a solid game against Charlotte as well. But like you said, just energy wasn't a very, you know, energetic matchup. And they had a really bad first quarter, like I said, 33-17, to 17, dug themselves in a hole. From that point on, they won the rest of the games. But if you're not playing a good first quarter and you dig yourself in a hole, especially when you're not the most talented team in the league and you know Charlotte wants revenge after the overtime loss – it's going to be tough to win. Yeah, the only turn and Charlotte only had eight turnovers last night too. Um, yeah, and that's been a problem for the Nets is not forcing a ton of turnovers. Yeah, I was going to say they only had ten tonight against the Bucks. Is that is that one of their issues? Yeah, I would say defensively it was an issue carried over from last season. They've done a little bit better on the the winning streak what they had. Um, but still, they need to be a little bit more aggressive defensively. That comes with just not having a lot of defensive talent, you know, missing your best perimeter defender in Karis LeVert. But also, three-point shooting against the Hornets last night, 4 of 27, 14%. Just, you're not going to win many games if you don't hit 10 yeah. threes, no, especially for this not. team. So, yeah. that was just a major issue for there. Um, Shabazz, like I said, played a pretty solid game for the Nets again last night. Other than that, there wasn't a ton that stuck out other than D'Angelo's game, who just looked like a very good confident score yesterday. Everyone else kind of struggled, and they just didn't shoot well. Well, I, I got a question for you. Just looking, you know, uh, Ronnie Hollis Jefferson was ineffective, obviously, last night. And he's, he got hurt tonight. What are your thoughts on, Ron, on Hollis Jefferson following the injury? 
Yeah, it's definitely he's been an up and down season. He's kind of the good with the bad. He's very energetic, kind of sporadic though. You know, the previous game against Charlotte, he had some big possessions late in the game especially in the fourth quarter and overtime then this game he kind of struggled just like he hasn't really found his role in the NBA you know last season was easier because the Nets weren't as good and they weren't as talented and he was able to kind of get some more ISO and post touches but that's just not going to happen in a regular NBA offense on a regular basis if the team's good so he needs to kind of find his role he needs to relax a little bit sometimes he just gets out of control okay I can see that yeah, defensively, I mean, the potential is definitely there. He's shown a lot of ability on that end of the floor. I think it's offensively, it's kind of finding what he can do and just, you know, uh, finishing off the details defensively to kind of take that next step. Right. You, you think missing him missing minicamp probably hurt him too, right? Yeah, This so the injury he had against, that's actually a great point, Corey. The injury he had over the summer in Jeremy Lin's charity game is the same injury he had tonight against the Bucks. so that's kind of concerning. It's also concerning for Rondé because he's going into a contract here. He's a restricted free agent at the end of the season. Yeah, it doesn't help. So uh, it's definitely – he's going to be interesting when he comes back, how bad the injury is. Obviously, with the buzz, we'll be talking about it as soon as we have the news. But, Corey, got a couple questions for you. You know, we got the outside perspective, so we want to ask you what you think about the Nets. You know, right now they're going to fall probably a game and a half back in the playoff standing, two game, two or two and a half games from the sixth seed. What do you think their chance at the playoffs are looking like? I think they have really, a really good chance to make the playoffs. Um, you know, you look at the teams that are underneath them, uh, Washington, after losing, getting the John Wall news today, it looks like that's not a team to worry about. You know, they got the Hawks, Bulls, they're all out of it. Orlando, I don't see them as a threat. So that that makes the Nets already in the top nine going forward. And then you look at the three teams above them, the Hornets, you know, yeah, they beat them in overtime the other night, lost to them last night. That's a team I think the Nets are really close to talent-wise. Um, and then Miami, we know about their issues, their injuries, the will they maybe blow it up. So I feel like that's a team they, should, they could pass. Detroit, offensive struggles. I think the Nets' chances are really well right now because I don't think any of those teams above them are much better, if better at all. And then you also have to bring up the point that the Nets are going to be getting Karis LeVert back at some point going forward and some of the other guys. So just going to be a big boost. Like you said, Corey, I agree with you. I think Orlando's kind of fallen off a little bit similar to last season. Detroit's really star struggled. Miami's starting to pick it up with Winslow playing point guard. That's just something to keep an eye on. And Charlotte and the Nets are pretty, you know, even in terms of talent. But it's going to be an interesting year. If you had to put a percentage on it, what would you say? Um, I would probably say as of right now, I'd probably give them a, a probably 65% chance. And you can follow him on Twitter at Kwald Hoops if you want to give him some love for giving the Nets a good percentage. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I've got some other questions, Corey, for you. What has been the biggest surprise in your eyes uh, and the Nets players? You know, who's really stepped up and kind of showed something to you that you didn't expect this season or a little bit faster than expected? Um, I mean, two people that stick out would be um, first off, your guy Karis LeVert, who's obviously hurt. Um, I, I didn't expect any of that hot start that he had. And I tweet I've been Bill Simmons probably every day for uh, a solid two weeks just trying to get some comments on the fact that Karis LeVert was balling out. Aside from LeVert, who has been down with injury, um, Joe Harris being an effective uh, rotational piece for this team. I mean, shooting 50% from the field, 48% from three. No wonder why Jack is a huge fan of Joe Harris. Um, this guy is a steady offensive firepower for the Nets. Um, and, I, and I've been really impressed with Jared Allen. I, I think he's going to be a very good center in this league for years to come. Um, you know, if, if you're going to be a center who doesn't have a crazy offensive game, if you don't have a three-point shot, you need to be able to run the floor and be a rim runner. And that's exactly what Jared Allen is. 
Uh, maybe not as athletic and leafy as a guy like DeAndre Jordan, but can play, I think, somewhat of the same role as DeAndre Jordan. Um, and then, of course, I, I enjoy D'Angelo Russell anytime he explodes. Yeah, no, definitely. Obviously, Karras was huge before the injury, playing like probably at an all-star level. Joe Harris, what he's really done this year is he's kind of, and he did a little bit last year too, is he went from being a really good shooter to being a, a good basketball player. You know, he brings a lot to the game, just not shooting, driving the floor, making passes, doing the right thing, the hustle, the effort, and that's kind of the stuff you want to see from one of your uh, role players on your team. And like you said, Jared Allen, I think Nets fans are in love with where he's at and going to the season. Defensively, he's really taking some major strides. I think his biggest issue right now is just the muscle and when he gets that he's going to really take his game to another level and obviously D'Angelo when he's on he's on it's just when he's off he's off and that's kind of what him finding some consistency and impact in the game every night is what he needs to learn to do Corey what do you think about the Nets in terms of free agency this upcoming offseason do you I, think I, they'll have a chance at landing one of the big fish yeah I, I definitely do um I I said this to you, I think, in private, and and, uh, maybe even I've tweeted a few times. I just think New York in general is a really – it's intriguing right now between both teams. But I think if you're looking at rosters, the Knicks, to me, don't seem as close as the Nets are. Uh, The Nets, I think, have better, more developed young talent between D'Angelo Russell, Karis LeVert, when he comes back, Jared Allen. Joe Harris is still pretty young. Now they got Spencer Dinwiddie locked up, who's still young. Um, I think for – if I'm a veteran, if I'm a KD or a Kawhi Leonard, I look at the Nets team and I see a team that's already competing for a playoff spot um, with no true star, really, right? This is pretty much a – it's got to be a collective effort for the Nets to win most games, and I think a superstar will notice that. Yeah, it seems like the last piece they're missing is a superstar coming in and adding to all this talent with some maybe possible all-stars on the roster, no superstar talent. So I think it's a real possibility this upcoming offseason. Which guy do you think would be the best fit for Brooklyn in terms of, you know, Kawhi, KD, Kyrie, Jimmy Butler, Chris Middleton, Tobias Harris? Which one do you think is uh, the best fit for this team? Um, I mean, I think Jimmy Butler would be a really good Brooklyn guy. I just I think his persona would really fit. But I think if you're looking at the best the best option out there, it's Kawhi Leonard, I think, would be the guy I want. A guy who can play both sides of the ball. I know you've told me in the past he has ties with some of the guys in the organization, Sean Marks. Um, I, I, think, I think he would make the most sense to me. And that's also uh, the kind of guy they're looking for. It would be a dominant wing like Kawhi Leonard. But I also think Durant would be serviceable if they wanted to go small because then Ronnie Ellis Jefferson has played that small ball for ball for them in the past and Durant would be exactly what they need a small ball for yeah it definitely is a possible I mean like you said with Durant being filling in that four spot would be huge but Kawhi probably being a little bit younger that offensive and defensive side of the ball and also obviously there's some concern with KD and his attitude obviously Kawhi that whole thing with San Antonio but at least it was a little bit more quiet on his end you know the latest comments by KD don't necessarily rub people the right way people hate me because I'm a really good basketball player on a really good team no, I know KD, KD that's not why people don't like you man so, I, I heard that I was shocked I I don't know what he thinks. Yeah, it's definitely uh, very interesting. But uh, would you say overall, Corey, so far in this season, the Nets have beat your expectations considering the Karras of her injury? Um, I want to. I don't want to say they beat my expectations. I think I had them at the possible eight seed in our predictions. Um, so I don't want to say they've 
they definitely impressed me since Karis LeVert got hurt. I guess I guess that would be the true point, especially how they rallied from that eight loss that eight losses in a row. I mean, they came back from that and they put themselves back in the playoff race. So I think that's this last stretch between the losses and how they turn it around had probably been the most impressive. And as you mentioned, they didn't have their best player in LeVert for any of that. Yeah, so, I mean, you've heard it from Corey, an outsider, not a Nets fan, a Pacers fan. Also, like I said, does a co-host of the NBA with myself, also host of the Full Access Hoops. Corey, tell everyone where they can find you on Twitter and find your work. I'm yeah, sure they kind of know, but. <laughs> yeah, you can follow me on uh, Twitter, Instagram at KWAL Hoops, K-W-A-L Hoops. Um, you know, we put out some content for the NBA outlets a couple times a week. I have the Full Access Hoops podcast as well uh, for OTG Basketball. Um, roll with the podcast network we have. It's booming. Yes, sir. As always, a pleasure, Corey, talking to you twice today. And as always, thank you, everybody, for listening. Jack and I will be at the January 2nd game against the Pelicans as well, most likely the January 9th game against the Hawks. Be sure to hit us up, let you know what you uh, think about the game and whatnot, and hopefully we can meet a couple of you guys. And check out the buzz, iTunes, Bob Clark Radio, OTGBasketball.com, NetsRepublic.com, Dash Radio, and YouTube. Keep buzzing. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.